You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. deserves everything she gets in the past she's going i mean the love that god has shown her through hosea offering the hand in marriage she accepts they are married she goes out she's unfaithful again and yet hosea goes again after the marriage and there's no sermon tender words inviting her back she'll once again experience the blessings and the fruitfulness that she once had for however brief a time What a love story. As we look forward to the future reunion of Christ and His Bride in the book of Revelation, Pastor Danny takes us back to a beautiful story of romance in the Old Testament. If Hosea had lived in today's culture, he would have been encouraged to give up on Gomer as soon as she ran out on him the first time. But he kept on loving her, and he didn't give up. In the same way as the Bride of Christ, you're often unfaithful. You run out on him time and time again, but his love is enduring and full of grace. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of Revelation, chapter 19, as he begins his message, Preparation for an Eternal Wedding. Revelation chapter 19. After this, I heard what sounded like the roar of a great multitude in heaven shouting, Hallelujah. And you're going to be there. We're going to do it. So why don't you practice Hallelujah on the count of three really loud. One, two, three. Hallelujah. That's what's going to happen. Only it's going to be innumerable amount of believers in heaven. Salvation and glory and power belong to our God, for true and just are his judgments. He's condemned the great prostitute who corrupted the earth by her adulteries. He's avenged on her the blood of his servants. And again they shouted, Hallelujah! The smoke from her goes up forever and ever. You'll never see this lady again. Babylon the Great, which we've looked at before. The 24 elders... The four living creatures fell down and worshiped God who was seated on the throne. And they cried, Amen. It means right on. It is true. So be it. Hallelujah. Then a voice came from the throne saying, Praise our God, all you his servants, you who fear him, both small and great. This is a heavenly cheerleader. And if you read it carefully, every time the cheerleader comes forward, And then the response of heaven, it gets louder, greater. It's a crescendo. Then I heard what sounded like a great multitude, like the roar of rushing waters, Niagara Falls type stuff. And like loud peals of thunder shouting, and here it just gets to a climax. Hallelujah. For our Lord God Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory. 
And now we come to exactly, specifically, what they're rejoicing about. Before we read it, I don't know why for so many years I had this idea that those in heaven now don't know what's going on on the earth. It's not clear in the Bible whether they have 24-7 knowledge. But we do know from verses like this, they're aware. At least at this time, as we come to the end of what's called the Great Tribulation, and just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ, those in heaven know what's happening on the earth. And that's why this crescendo of praise. That's why this incredible excitement. Because they see what's happening and what's about to happen. What is about to happen? Verse 7, let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory for the wedding of the Lamb has come. It's going to be a wedding. And everybody is so excited because of this wedding. And his bride has made herself ready. Fine linen, bright and clean, was given her to wear. Fine linen stands for the righteous acts of the saints. One more verse. Then the angel said to me, right, Blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. You have to have a personal invitation. And you have to say yes to be at this wedding. And he added, these are the true words of God. If you're old enough, you remember the old series, Beretta. I love what Beretta would say, that that statement he would say often, you can take that to the bank. (laughs) Revelation 18, the end of the world. Hardest chapter in the whole book. Terrible things happening. But now, as we come to the end of the tribulation period, and everyone in heaven, I believe that would include us, is now excited more than ever. And the the shouts go up uh, again and again in this great crescendo. Because, to be very technical, there's a wedding. Who's getting married? Again, I'm going to be very technical. I checked out the scriptures to make sure I'm clear on this. It's called the wedding or the marriage supper of the lamb. We know who the lamb is. That's Jesus. That's Christ. Who's the bride? The church. The church. But now now let's think about this. I'm going to give you the Greek uh, because it's helpful. The word church is the word ekklesia. And here's what it simply means. Called out once. Called out once. That's what it means. And to be very technically and biblically, the called out ones, New Testament is called the church. But the church is the grafting in of Jew and Gentile. That's everybody. Right? And while I don't believe in replacement theology, and we won't get into that, God has very specific things to say for the physical nation of Israel and the physical Jewish people. But with that said, let me give you a couple of scriptures. God referred to Israel in Ezekiel 16 as his unfaithful wife. In Jeremiah Jeremiah 3, God says he divorced 
his unfaithful wife, Israel. And yet, he offered to take her back, even after the divorce, if she would change her ways. And then you have verses like Isaiah chapter 54. You can turn to that if you'd like. Isaiah chapter 54. And listen to what God says here. Chapter 54, verse 5. For your maker is your husband. The Lord Almighty is his name. The Holy One of Israel is your redeemer. Now that's interesting. He's the husband, but he's also the redeemer of his bride. Cool. He is called the God of all the earth. The Lord will call you back as if you were a wife deserted and distressed in spirit. A wife who married young only to be rejected. Didn't work out like she wanted. For a brief moment, verse 7, I abandoned you, but with deep compassion, I will bring you back. That is fascinating. So many have looked forward to getting married. And you do all the planning, all the preparation. And depending on which side of the family you're on, if you're on the one side of the family and you're the traditional side, uh, the traditional way to do it, you're paying for the doggone thing. I got three boys and one girl and we're saving for the day. (laughs) So many have looked forward to the wedding day. Understand nobody makes the plans, walks the aisle, says the vows thinking, well, not going to last. Nobody does it. You come and everybody's there, you know, and whether it's a big wedding or a more personal small gathering, you're there, you, you say whatever vows you say, you know, but the intention is uh, we're going to be married and we're married for life. And don't show me your hands, but, but I wonder how many it just didn't work out the way you thought it would. If you're very honest, all of us would have our hands up to some degree, you know, I mean, not exactly what I thought it was going to be. <laughs> Some of us are like, it didn't work out at all. I'm divorced. Some of us are divorced not just once. We're divorced twice and three times. And if you know what it's like for it not to work out the way you thought, let me clue you in on something. God knows exactly how you feel. If you haven't been married, but you know what it is to have your heart broken because the one you fell in love with, first grade, Faye Waddell, she broke my heart. Still hurts today. Thank God for Wendy. I heard Don Henley, Eagles drummer, interviewed about a lot of the songs he writes and a lot of songs the Eagles write. And they write a lot of love songs. And he says these songs, for the most part, are asking the question, what is love? And Don Henley's been divorced, didn't work out the way he thought. You know, you think that people would, you think that people would have had enough of silly love songs. But I look around me and I see it isn't so. Some people want to fill the world with silly love songs. Let me ask you, what's wrong with that? Now, parents, would you tell your younger children? Paul McCartney, it's a great song. 
Why is it we keep on writing the love songs? Even ACDC, no matter how hard the rock is, they're going to write songs about life and love. Why? Because God created romance. You know, I've been, some of you, your pastor for many years, and I, I, I've mentioned that God created sex. That is true. God created sex to be enjoyed in holy matrimony. Well, in the same way, God created romance. God's the author of every love story. The Bible is a love story. I have a book. I thought about it in my study for this message. I went in my office over here and I I got it. It's by a fellow named Gene Edwards, who's with the Lord now, I believe. Uh, It's called The Divine Romance. Now, this is his thoughts on this divine romance that you find throughout the scriptures. Speaking of God, Gene Edwards writes, It burst upon him suddenly, this revelation that welled up from deep within him, then flowed the length and breadth of the endlessness of his being. Here was thought so awesome that never before, never since has there been anything to which it might be compared. Life pulsated, light blazed in a newfound glory, love ascended. This very being of God shook in the apprehending of this revelation. And what was the revelation? That there could be two. It can be done, he cried out within himself. And with the revelation charging through his total being, the purpose for having eternity was born. In the midst of unutterable joy, there coursed through him a purpose, a plan so complex and with a risk so great that no one less than God would never have attempted it. Within the council of the Godhead, he cried out, I, the living God alone, the one who is, I shall have a counterpart. Breathing the fires of his love, he declared, there can be a sheep. All-knowing God had brought forth a thought so exciting that even he trembled in its afterglow. Then exulting in revelation, he consecrated his whole being to this one task, to have a bride. That's the story of the Bible. It's a romance. It's a love story for God so loved the world. God gave me a great title the last time I taught through the story of Rahab the harlot. Saved out of Jericho, becoming a part of the people of Israel and having the God of Israel as her God. And she marries a prince of Israel. And I titled that last message, Cinderella. Sin, S-I-N-D-E-R-E-L-L-A. The story of the Bible is a Cinderella story. God's love. You find it throughout the pages of Scripture. But I want to take you for a moment to one of my favorite romance stories that illustrates God's love. Old Testament book of Hosea. Go there with me. Hosea. Hosea, right after the book of Daniel, right before Joel and the last part of the Old Testament, those prophets. Hosea chapter 1. Hosea, you will need to know, is the Old Testament name for Jesus. Same name basically as Joshua. It means God is salvation or God saves. And it's vital that God would choose a man, a prophet named Hosea, to tell the story 
that he tells and to paint the picture that he paints in the book we call the book of Hosea. Chapter one, God calls Hosea and uh, boy, I'd like to see his face when when, when he hears these words. Uh, Verse two, chapter one, Hosea, when the Lord began to speak through Hosea, the Lord said to him, go take to yourself an adulterous wife or a wife of prostitution and children of unfaithfulness because the land is guilty of the vilest adultery and departing from the Lord. So he married Gomer. God does have a sense of humor. Who's your girl? What's your girl's name? Gomer. And then behind their backs, man, she, she is a dog. Gomer, daughter of Deblium. Deblium. Deblium means raisin cakes. So your bride, Gomer, and your mother-in-law, raisin cakes. But there's a message here. And it's amazing. Raisin cakes were associated with ancient fertility rites. In other words, it was a cultic practice. Gomer is filled with sin. Her mother, an idolater, she, a prostitute. Gomer is associated biblically with the enemies of God. And Hosea is told, go and offer her hand in marriage. Nobody's ever loved Gomer like Hosea. We aren't given the detail, but she says yes. I mean, why wouldn't you? What a great offer. They get married. But after they get married, and I don't have time to go through every uh, text here, But in chapter two, as after they're married, she goes out and she is unfaithful again. Chapter two, verse seven, she goes after other lovers and it's an unsatisfied pursuit. Verse eight of chapter two, she's blind to her former blessings. She's forgot how good God has been to her. Chapter two, verse nine, she is living a fruitless life and on a path that will end terribly. She comes to the end of herself, and as she's coming to the end of herself, having sold herself now again as a prostitute. And then chapter 2, verse 14, God says to Hosea, go after her. You talk about a love story. Verse 14 of chapter 2, therefore I'm going to now allure her. I'll lead her into the desert and speak tenderly to her. He doesn't give her a sermon. He doesn't talk about how unfaithful she's been. There I will give her back her vineyards, the fruit. And will make the valley of Achor a door of hope. There she will sing as in the days of her youth. As in the days she came up out of Egypt. Egypt, the type of the world, salvation. The whole picture is clear here. The valley of Achor was where Achan and his whole family were destroyed. When they came to Jericho, Israel, God said, the first fruits of Jericho belong to me. Achan didn't listen, kept the stuff that he had stolen hidden with his family's full knowledge. The call went out for him to repent repeatedly. He did not repent and he was destroyed and it took his whole family down with him. The valley of Achor was where they destroyed 
Achan. And what would have been destruction now. She deserves nothing. She deserves everything she gets in the past she's going. I mean, the love that God has shown her through Hosea offering the hand in marriage, she accepts. They are married. She goes out. She's unfaithful again. And yet Hosea goes again after the marriage. And there's no sermon. Tender words. Inviting her back. And she'll once again experience the blessings and the fruitfulness that she once had for however brief a time. What a love story. Go with me to the New Testament, Ephesians chapter 3. I don't know if, I don't know how deep you've gone in this verse I'm about to read, this section. Ephesians chapter 3, it's a prayer recorded by the Apostle Paul. The middle of verse 17, and I pray that you being rooted and established in love, it's agape, it's God's love may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Someone has rightly noted, when you think about the height, the depth, the breadth, the width, that's the cross. And I don't know how deep you've gone in appreciating the love God has for There's a wedding coming. Jesus. And those called out once. Old Testament, New Testament, No Testament. Everyone that said yes. Everyone that's responded to God's call of salvation. You don't deserve it. I don't deserve it. We're loaded with sin. We're adulterers spiritually. Every single one of us. Do you hear his call? Thank you for responding. I was told one of the things my son said last week, and I haven't been able to hear the message yet. My wife heard it online while I was speaking at Calvary Chapel, Myrtle Beach. But at some point, I guess he said, Jesus is real. You know how real this wedding is going to be? It's a real wedding. If you are one of the called out ones, I know I'm speaking to the church, but not everybody in the church. Not everybody in the church is ready for the wedding. What's it going to be like to be married to Jesus? Well, well let me just give you a couple things real quick, all right? I, it's, it's late already. I mean, i got to stop in 15 minutes, and, well, I don't have to, but I'm, I'm going to. It's going to be a perfect marriage. Did you hear what I just said? It's going to be a perfect marriage. Anybody with a perfect marriage? You're a liar. You're a liar. You're, I didn't mean you know. It's not perfect. It's great, isn't it? It's maybe a 10, but in heaven, we're going to have a thousand. You know, nobody here has a perfect, perfect marriage. But this marriage is going to be perfect. One study, men and women were asked to list what they considered to be the top five romantic experiences they could, in marriage, they could have in marriage. Number one for men. I'll give you three guesses and the first two don't count. You know. But for most women, that wasn't the number one. It wasn't the physical intimacy. It was things like, you know, a nice walk on the beach, dinner out, things like that. And the guys are going, what? I I appreciate that, but it's not number one.
The book of Revelation isn't a pleasant book to study. It lays out for you the end of the world as you know it right now, and the devastation that will be falling on the world is overwhelming, and it can make you ache for the people who will have to endure it. It can also make you long for everyone you know to seek and find Jesus right now. Only He can save the people of the world from this terrible end and His grace is available right now to everyone. Today, let Jesus bring to mind those friends, family, and even acquaintances that you can be praying for and actively sharing His gospel message with. We know this isn't an easy task, so we'd like to support you in prayer. Please email us at info at ccfstpete.church. We're so glad you tuned in today to The Living Word. Pastor Danny will continue this verse-by-verse study of Revelation in our next edition of The Living Word. But right now, you can hear more by visiting our website, ccfstpete.church. There you'll also learn more about Pastor Danny and the church these messages originate from, Calvary Chapel Fellowship. We'd love to meet you, so if you're in the area, please come join us for one of our weekend services. We gather each Saturday and Sunday to worship the Lord and learn from His Word, and we'd be honored to share that time with you. Be sure to stop Pastor Danny and let him know that you're a listener. You'll find all the information you need at ccfstpete.church. That's all we have for today. Tune in next time for more from the book of Revelation, right here on The Living Word. 